<gasps> oh my god. Sorry. <clears throat> um. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I died, but. <laughs> what was the question again? Hey, everybody, this is Kitty Call Me Cat, and I'm here to pick your brain while you game again. Yes. Um, let's just call this season two. Why don't we just call it season two? Yeah. There was a little break in between seasons, just like anything. Yeah, yeah. So I just had a little break in between seasons. Um, yeah. If you want to know what I was doing in the interim, if you want to know why I stopped, or um, what happened, or how my life changed, I'll make a video and put it up right before this one. Um, if you want to know some of that maybe more personal stuff. <laughs> but yeah. for right now, we're just going to get into the interview. So I'm here today with Ink Eyes. Yes, hello. He yeah, has his own YouTube that. gaming channel. I and do. And today, I will be interviewing him um, while he plays the game of his choice, which is... Tower Climb. <laughs> a very difficult platformer where you will die a lot and okay. skill-based so the more you you play it the better you'll get but don't expect to get better anytime soon <laughs> okay i thought yes. we would do like an icebreaker type of question so we get all warm and comfortable let's do it is it normal to be things... nervous oh yeah i mean that's what everybody says but you should not be no i don't think you should be <laughs> i'm not anymore let's go Okay. Super confident. Okay. One of the things I like about you is that you're very articulate. You speak very, very clearly and very oh, thank you. precisely. Um, oh, thank you very much. Where did you learn to speak like that? Was it like a teacher or your family or? I what? actually learned English as a second language at an institution overseas. Okay, uh, I was going to ask if you spoke another language. Yes, I speak Farsi because I was born okay. and raised in Persia. I'm Persian. Okay. Yes. So I started going to these summer classes since I was like six or seven. Pretty much as soon as I started going uh, to elementary school, my parents, they, they just wanted to broaden my horizon. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, my mom, she, um, she went to Italy and she studied in Italy and she got her... Um, PhD in Italian literature so wow. she yeah she was already like you know the kind of person who was I think genetically fascinated by by different languages and things like that and uh, I always found languages like pretty fascinating in my you know in my life too and um, we even had a satellite dish for European channels and before I even learned uh, about uh, you know, King of Queens, the comedy show. Okay. I was, before I even knew that it was like an American show and everything on American TV, I was watching it in, in German, dubbed in German. So I picked up like a little bit of German <laughs> just from watching That's that. Fascinating. Yeah. And when I came to the US, I, uh, I was like, hey, it's, it's that show. So it's <laughs> I King know of this. Queens. Oh, I know it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, every summer I used to go there. But. I guess I was like really into it. Like I tried hard. Like if you talk to uh, other Persian people, they might have like a, this distinct sort of Persian accent. But I, I always wanted to speak properly, and um, I was watching like a lot of supplemental material. <laughs> like uh, I, had, I had TNT, if you know that channel. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had Cartoon Network. So I, I used to watch <laughs> like Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo. 
things like that if you like, okay. recognize them yeah uh-huh yeah and um yeah i guess just learning properly and having to speak properly led to me also just speaking better than myself <laughs> nah <laughs> <laughs> It's that's really that's really fascinating. Yeah, because I can hear a little accent. I can hear something yes. in there, but not very much. And yeah, nobody can really like place it. Nobody can. First of all, like for crisp. the first few minutes of a conversation, nobody really like notices until they're like, oh, wait, he said a couple of things weird. Yeah, and they're like, wait, that's not like any sort of accent I've heard before. Like, it's not it doesn't sound like it's from like any region specifically in the US or something. Cause yeah, it just yeah. bits of it sound different. But yeah, it's it's kind of not a secret, but it's, it's something that I've never, <laughs> ever, ever talked about on my channel. Like nobody okay. knows that I'm not American. So this is a, I guess. A, is this okay? It's a reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Revealed all the secrets. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so now we're gonna talk about your oh, I died. channel. Oh. But it's okay. Okay. We're going to talk about your channel. Yes. So from what I can tell, it started in like 2015, and you play mostly a special genre of games called roguelike games. Yes. So for those of us who may not be familiar with that term, could you explain it for us? It's It basically translates into self-torture, where <laughs> you play a game where you can never save it. And right. uh, if you die, you just have to restart the whole thing. There's, uh, you know, yeah. there's, there's not a continue button. There's, there are no, like, checkpoints. Um, but, you know, in the community, everybody always, like, argues. They're like, oh, this game is roguelike. And there's somebody's like, no, it doesn't have anything to do with that. And some people are like, no, yeah. it's roguelite. And, like, all that. But basically, to simplify it, roguelike means that there's, there's some random... Um, element always like like the, the loot you come across or the way that levels are generated um like for example this game that i'm playing right now uh usually because rogue roguelike the reason it's called roguelike is because it's it's the games were made to look like this original game called rogue and in rogue every level was you know generated to be completely different so every time you had an adventure it was like a different sort of adventure you know like it wasn't the same rooms you went through so you had that variety and then you also had like random loot dropped by enemies or you would find random loots in randomly placed chests so sometimes it could be a sword sometimes it could be a mimic things like that and the whole premise was that you would go from level to level as it would get harder and you would have a set amount of HP or just like one life and if you died or lost then that was it so you had to beat the game either in one sitting or with just one life or you had you know you had to just restart so that's that's what a roguelike is so why is it that you like that kind of game so much well, because it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, and that's I I love challenging games like that. I love being challenged in that way, and and because because these games are all about your knowledge of the game, like the game yeah. mechanics, and and your skills. So you're you're minimizing your mistakes and you're maximizing your game awareness because you have to make like the right decisions in the right moment. You know, you have to use the right spell against the right enemy, or you know, you have to <laughs> handle the situation properly. And it's really exciting too because when you're put in like a very 
bad situation and you know that you know you're gonna die it's all about the the, tr the feeling of triumph when you come out of it victorious and you're just like oh i did it you know like i, I was about to die when i had this potion just dropped from this enemy <laughs> that i survived it becomes this really epic adventure really unpredictable and you know, a lot of it can be frustrating, sure, but but most yeah. of the time you're like, yes, I did it, or ooh, look at this crazy thing I found that, that I hardly ever come across, or oh, look at this sword, I, I better cherish this run, and that's 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 a term. <laughs> you have you have a run, you know, let's cherish this run because oh my god, look at my equipment and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very glorious. I love it. I love it. Yeah. You're into the Gungeon videos are some of the ones where you have the most views, like 70,000 views and 40,000 views, stuff like that. Yeah. And there's one where you interpret a secret language um, mm -hmm. from one of the characters in the game. So which I, which actually, has a funny story behind it. Okay, so there's actually something in the game that you can get that will interpret it for you. Yes. But if I'm understanding it correctly, you did it yourself. I Yes, I did it you myself. You decoded it on your own time by yourself, and you yes. got it right. Yes. Is that right? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Okay, I want to hear the story. Okay, well, the story is sadder than you think. Because, uh, oh. well, first of all, I got a lot of, you know, negative comments because they're like, oh, you can you can get this item, the sponge, and and if, yeah. if you have the sponge, you, you dumbass, then <laughs> yeah. this becomes so easy, you don't have to do all of this. And, uh... Uh, there was this one guy who commented and I looked into his comment and realized that it's correct is that in that area where this happens you c you can't have the sponge or you the, the, the game basically doesn't allow you to get the sponge at that point of the game so okay uh, yes that language in other places in the game can be like auto translated if you're carrying the sponge okay. but that initial conversation that you have with this character in the video that will always be a secret unless you decode it yourself but the sad part of the story is that I thought it's, it's an actual unique language but then eventually you know comment after comment after comment people pointed out that uh, this is actually the alien language from Futurama oh is it yup <laughs> But you didn't know that. I, I had no idea. It, it okay. goes back to uh, me not having been born here or like being on top <laughs> well, of the I didn't know, watch other, Futurama did, either. Me neither, you know. It was, it was one of the things that I missed or just never had interest in. Like, I, I knew what Futurama was, but I never watched enough of it to, uh, to know that this was it. So if you actually go on Wiki, there are a few characters that the, this, this, character, this uh, NPC in the game, he doesn't use. So I left question marks with him too. Like, I, I never knew what... Maybe J was so there are like four or five of these uh, uh, characters in the alphabet that I put a question mark in front of. But if you actually go to the Wikipedia, it lists all of them. So if you one, if you oh, watch my video man. and you're like, I, I do wonder in the secret language what those are. Just go to a, a <laughs> Futurama wiki. It's it's right there. But yeah, yeah but I was proud it. of myself, you know. You did it. You found the, the letters that you needed to find, and you yeah. did it. And yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. See, that's, <laughs> I think that also goes back to what I was saying about me being fascinated by, by languages. Because I also, mm -hmm. when I was in high school, I had this buddy, and uh, 
we we talked a lot in class together, and and we we decided to create a, a secret language for ourselves, like a secret alphabet. And we basically what we did was we turned the English alphabet into symbols, but we okay. we very quickly memorized them, so we we could write secret messages to each other. And uh, even if the teacher, like you know, grabbed the piece of paper and was wondering <laughs> what we wrote in it, nobody had any idea. Oh, you're so sneaky! Yeah, but we got really good at it. Like we could write <laughs> and read very quickly. <laughs> and I even have like journals, and, and I have like journal entries entirely. When I was a teenager, if I was like writing something about my uh, my girlfriend back then. Or, like, whatever that happened between us with some, like, teenage drama thing that yeah. I just want to write down. And I want to make sure my parents, if they did come across it, they wouldn't know what I've written. It would be in that language. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have a lot of things like that. <laughs> and I think That's that really led funny. to me also just having this desire to just... As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I got to decipher this. Like, I yeah. have to just get down to the, the nitty-gritty. Yeah, well, that's cool. And people, like, wanted to know what you had found out. Yeah. So that part of it was cool, but... So it was other people didn't know it was on Futurama either. Exa- exactly. <laughs> and then, you know, the, the cool part about it is that you also get other people from different countries who come come by and are like, oh, this is so cool. I didn't even know this was a thing because I play the German version, and in the German version, it's only German. There's no, like, there, there are no symbols and things like oh. that. Yeah. So I actually learned uh, about game locality and how other people are experiencing the game differently in different regions. Mm-hmm. So that was cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to talk now about what made you start your channel. What was your motivation for that? My motivation was um, I, I lost my job and my life changed for the worse because I had a really terrible bike accident. Um, that led to multiple surgeries. I had four surgeries on my arm and about two years of physical therapy. And when the spike accident happened, um, I was working at the Field Museum in Chicago when I was a geneticist, and the accident was so bad. I can actually s- send you a... Oh, oh my God, hold on. There's lava coming up? I didn't even know. <laughs> so lack of audio cue. Um... <laughs> I had two titanium plates in my elbow and uh, 15 screws because I shattered my humerus, which is the singular bone that connects your shoulder to your um, the rest of your arm, basically. Okay. Um, oh, up I shattered high. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From your shoulder to the rest of your arm. The, the first bone okay. is called humerus. And uh, uh, I fell off my bike and it, it sh- I, I caught myself. I, I kind of flung myself forward and I flew a little bit a couple of feet and I landed kind of crooked on my left and I tried to brace myself with my left arm and it just gave under me so my humerus bone shattered in six pieces and the end of it also popped out of my my arm completely um sorry about the gruesome detail I'm making lots of faces yeah (laughs) yeah it wasn't fun but I was laughing during the whole experience it was to me it was just like I have a very high pain tolerance, and I'm not the kind of person who complains when I'm when I'm sick or when I'm like in pain. I just you know I'm like whatever you know. Doesn't mean just because I'm in pain I should I should show it like not show it, but I don't want to make other people's lives difficult. But yeah, it popped out. Uh, it was pretty bad. I needed four surgeries because they couldn't really get it fixed right away, so they had to keep going in and they had to keep 
fastening it with different things. So I had like 15 screws that um, my surgeon on my third surgery, she actually gave me a souvenir. She was like, hey, I have a surprise for you. And she gave me a little bag, which had like one set of the screws that she took out during my third surgery. And she was like, you can keep these if you want. And I was like, sure, gladly. I actually, I actually <laughs> This I can... was inside your body. Yeah. And uh, the, the funny thing is they're, they're just like regular screws. They're like screws mm. you would find at like Home Depot or something. Mm. Like the tips are different, but... Uh, they're just like just like regular screws so I had two plates 15 screws and uh, uh, a couple of nails that they hammered in from like end of my bone to the rest of it just to keep everything in place and a figure eight sort of string that went also was drilled through two of my bones to just keep everything tight together so they would heal yeah and um, uh, the, the accident was so bad and I had to be on so many drugs and then um, I had to my, my surgeon told me that you're never going to be able to use your arm the same way and she said that your range of motion was going to be maybe like 30 degrees so she was like you might I'm, I'm showing this on camera she was like you okay might yeah show to, us be able to go like from here to here but that's about it she was like you might be able to like shampoo your head or brush your teeth but like that's going to be about it for the rest of your life it's just going to be kind of stiff at like a 90 degree angle and um that was unacceptable to me i started crying <laughs> you know and 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 uh the people that i was working with at the field museum they actually came to my hospital to visit me and after hearing about everything and talking to my surgeon which i later realized that she broke patient doctor confidentiality about some of this information they decided to lay me off because they realized that i'm not going to be able to use both of my arms simultaneously. I I had a couple of years, at, at least for the first year after that, I I wasn't really myself because I was on so many drugs, which, knock on wood, I never got addicted to any sort of like painkiller or things like that. I, I My doctor Good. gave me like max dose Vicodin and I actually avoided taking those pills. I tried to take just regular painkillers because I was so afraid of like all the horror stories you hear about. Like, yep. This guy got hooked on Vicodin and things like that. I understand um, that mindset completely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just take just a little bit, but yeah. don't start relying on it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you hear somebody having like some accident with some back pain and, uh -huh. and then they're hooked on it. But um, it was it was really, really difficult because I was on those painkillers and antibiotics and, and just my my whole system was off. And I was going to college back then trying to finish everything up. And I couldn't even focus and in school. I couldn't get sleep at night. Maybe like every night I would sleep for like maximum of 15 to 20 minutes just sporadically through the night. And I had no nice. focus. It was affecting my, my relationship with my girlfriend because I didn't have any energy, didn't have a focus. I didn't want to do yeah. anything. And it led to me breaking up actually with my ex back then because it was too much for her. So I just just think about that. My my ex girlfriend left me in, in, in my time of need, <laughs> I, and then I lost my job, and I couldn't <laughs> finish school. You, then you couldn't raise your arm. And they're like, "Oh yeah, you can't use your arm anymore." And I was <laughs> like, "I'm just gonna be depressed from now on." <laughs> so you started your channel. Yeah. So it, it was it was horrible. It it, it kind of I started it because I wanted to be productive because I couldn't okay. not do anything at all with my time. Um, right. 
because uh, I used to play music too. I, I played the piano for 13 years and I played the electric guitar for 10 years and <coughs> then I couldn't play the piano anymore and I couldn't play the guitar anymore because they both required your arms being functional and just the whole thing was too much for me and I was like this can't be my life and I since I was playing you know video games since I was like four years old all the time until now I was like you know I'm a talker I can probably talk and I know how to play video games and I've seen these channels where they do let's plays and things like that and that sounds like something that can really help me with my oops hold on there we go I was like, that's that's something that can help me with just like my sanity, with my mental health, and while I'm like at home and recovering and dealing with these issues, you know, meet new people, provide entertainment, like all those things that anybody does a YouTube channel for. I I had more reasons on top of that, like reinforced to to try it, and uh, obviously when I started it was it was horrible. The quality of my content was terrible. <laughs> well, but. yeah, everybody starts out the quality. Yeah. Is pretty, pretty. But you know, yeah. it 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 started as like something that I would fill my time with, just so I wouldn't get yeah. bored out of my mind and and just be a productive human being and just yeah. have something to show for, and uh, also have a hobby because most of my hobbies were not possible anymore, basically. So yeah. yeah. That's, well, that's I think that's it. a great reason to start a YouTube channel, and I'm glad that it worked as like a kind of therapy or something to help you feel productive. Yeah, yeah. So what's the range of motion now in your arm? It's basically back to Can normal. Can you go up? Awesome! Let me show it off. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, I was really proud of myself when I did physical therapy. Let's um, see. I was like, I am not... I'm not gonna let this be the end of me. And I was like, I'm gonna put everything I have, my all, to go back to normal. So <laughs> it's basically normal. You might hear some punches okay. picked up on my <laughs> computer microphone. Because uh, things happen in there. <laughs> yeah. And if you wanna see the scar now, it's too yeah. bright. But yeah. It's, uh, it was much bigger, but it's way less visible anyway have you ridden a bike since no but <laughs> here's the story behind that <laughs> not because i'm afraid but because my ex used to ride her bike to uh this had this accident happened when i was with my girlfriend back then and uh she used to ride her bike to the hospital to visit me and mm -hmm. one heartless person decided to steal her back wheel uh, oh. when she was chained to the hospital From the fence hospital? like like who, who would do that I gave my bike to her because she was also using her bicycle to go to work so I was like well this is not gonna be not gonna fly so here take my bike use it <laughs> while you need to go to work and then she gave me her bike to put in the basement <laughs> and because um, we just loaded up in the back of my car and brought it here, put it in the basement. But then we eventually broke up, so she ended up with my whole bike, and I ended up with her half a bike. Oh. We're going to do rapid fire now. Yes. So you're going to answer these questions as quickly as possible, and I'm going to turn up my hat lights. <laughs> okay. I've seen that. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so here we go, rapid fire. You live in Chicago. How yes. much do you love deep dish pizza? I hate it. 
It's blasphemy. <laughs> it's it's soup. It's not pizza. <laughs> oh, that's it's hilarious. soup and bread. It's any. tomato. It's tomato soup in in a bread bowl. Is what it is. And if they if they ever add like pepperoni or sausage to it, it's just like dumplings in a soup. Like there's there's so few pieces of meat in it anyway that just get lost and like. The excessive amount of soup. This is so blasphemous. It's terrible. Somebody who lives in Chicago. No, the the whole idea of deep dish pizza is blasphemous. Come on, let's get real. (laughs) Okay, all right. Okay. Okay. Okay, you talk about being quote unquote grumpy in some of your videos. Yes. What what makes you the grumpiest? (sighs) Bad game design. Okay. Are, you, are you talking about... Are you talking in, uh... Anything. Uh, hmm. Weather makes me grumpy. <laughs> I don't like cloudy, cold weather. It makes me, me neither. Grumpy. Uh, and I live in a place where, like, ten months out of the year... Right. It's, it's just mm. crappy weather. <laughs> yeah. Um, bad friends make me grumpy. And thinking about bad, bad friends... friends. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I lost a lot of friends through this accident event. Like, there were a lot of people that I thought were my close friends, but then I realized that they weren't. For example, like, a couple of them that I played Dungeons and Dragons with because I'm so nerdy, and or Magic the Gathering with, and uh, I thought they were so close, but they never. I, I was in the hospital for two weeks. They never came to visit me until like the very last day that I was about to get released, and then. I was the person who called and invited them to the hospital, and I also paid and bought a pizza for us, and I, like, the whole experience was so cold and weird and one-sided, and I was like, wait, I thought you guys were like, I didn't say this, but eventually I just weeded them out. These are not rapid fire. I'm giving you way too much information here. <laughs> rapid fire is never rapid fire. <laughs> Nobody ever does it. And it's Scam. Okay. But two, I, I understand what you're saying about like losing some friends in a hard time. I, mm-hmm. I can understand that because I've been having a hard time lately in my relationship, and I have lost a lot of friends as well. And it's some people that would surprise you, mm-hmm. some people who you thought were really on your team. Um, yeah, it, it really, uh, it sets you back a little bit when you think that you're close with somebody and they, um, and they don't support you. Okay. Rapid fire. Rapid fire for real. (laughs) One answer questions. (laughs) One word answers, I mean. Okay. Um, so The Bachelorette is on right now, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, there are three men left. Mm-hmm. And this week is Fantasy Suites. So do you think that all the men will forego their individual rooms to stay with The Bachelorette and the Fantasy Suite? So what is a Fantasy Suite? <laughs> um, when you get down to the final three, she can spend the night privately with them. Okay. But they have the option to decline that. Why would they? <laughs> Isn't the whole point of a relationship to be private with the person that you like? Like, in a private setting alone with them? Ultimately? Yes, without without cameras and all that jazz. So, I mean, yes, but some people think that it, you know, hurts their virtue. 
Um, oh. To to for people to think that they're alone all night together. Oh, kind of, kind of like, <laughs> kind of like I I I think you're so special that I don't. Well, how how would you put it? Like. <laughs> Like I'm not that kind of guy, you know. I'm gonna respect you so much, and I'm not even gonna like take this time with you. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. No, I don't. Uh, the men <laughs> don't usually. No, the men don't usually decline that. <laughs> they shouldn't. But sometimes the women do because um, I think it's more of like a reputation thing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of for I know there's kind of a double standard with with. But I mean, that's what like boys that. and girls do when they're teenagers <laughs> too. You know, they're like yeah. s- they try to sneak away from their parents, which would be the yeah. cameras and producers in this case. And they want to yeah. have that, you know, spend that alone time. Not saying they're going to do dead. anything bad, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> maybe they just want to play cards, but you know, they just want to be in a setting where <laughs> they can hold hands and play cards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you don't. So you don't think any of them will decline? Then is that what you're saying? I'm saying they shouldn't, (laughs) but I'm sure that in their own minds they're gonna they're they're gonna go. They're gonna do what you said of like. Yeah. Some people think about it. I'll be the different guy who says no to something (laughs) like that. Because I think what it has like too much of a sexual innuendo that. Right. Yeah. If you are alone, then. And babies might get made, but <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be the case. <laughs> maybe, right. maybe the man wants to tell her how depressed he is and doesn't uh, want to like, doesn't want the cameras to, to capture that. <laughs> but let's be yes. honest, nothing on those shows are real. So <laughs> they just go so in there real. and make fun of the producer anyway. It's so real, ink guys. Come on. <laughs> it's so real. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Okay, um, you said you grew up around a lot of cats. Yes. Wait. How, how many cats are we talking? How do you? You know told that? me that. Did I? When? Yes. You're lying. How many cats are we talking? <laughs> We're talking about a lot of cats because uh, my house back in the day it had really short walls, and in Persia you have a lot of street cats, and uh, we never had like house cats, but in my backyard we had this uh, pile of log. And uh, the cats from the street, they would climb over and they would find that pile very suitable for, for you know, laying uh, cat eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so they would basically go in like the nooks and crannies and they would have babies in there. And uh, uh-huh. we would like all of a sudden end up with like a legion of kitties, like 10, 12 kittens. And a in your backyard. Cats in the backyard. Well, that sounds super cute to have like little kittens running around in your backyard all the yeah. time but also kind of intense yes and they were scary because some of them were just wild you know all of them were wild yeah. they wouldn't let you get close to them and they would scratch you yeah and we were so persistent like no come here we want to love you we want to <laughs> teach you the value of love <laughs> <laughs> okay um you are a biologist Yes. geneticist you're in that field so um what's the most interesting thing that you have studied? <gasps> oh my god sorry <clears throat> um <laughs> are you okay <laughs> yeah no i died but <laughs> what, what was the question again 
What was the most interesting thing I've studied? What's the most interesting thing you've studied? Are you talking about just... Uh, this is not rapid fire. This is this is just a regular question. What's the most interesting thing Oh, I forgot about rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the most interesting thing that I studied academically As I or on my own? Oh, you know what? Oh, I totally know what I... The coolest thing that I studied. So... Yeah. Um, do you know what tardy grades are? Yeah! Yes, so... I thought that's what you'd say. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so Tell I'm us. a tardy gradeologist in, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, which has this, like, cool little story itself, because I, I did a couple of funky things. One of them was, um, when I, when I first found out about tardy grades, I was fascinated, especially the, the way that they are able to regenerate their DNA and, and survive mm-hmm. in, like, extreme conditions and whatnot. And, uh their cryostates and whatnot and um i actually i have a home laboratory i have like a full setup i have a i have a couple of microscopes and you name it every, every, anything you would find in a laboratory from like micro pipettes to um uh test tubes to dyes to any anything you name it i have it because I, I was you have it the, there where you are right now in yeah in at, at my house <laughs> in my home i have, I have like a full <laughs> lab set up so you have a mad scientist yeah <laughs> yeah there's this wonderful place called american science and surplus okay uh it's kind of like a target for sciencey <laughs> stuff you go in okay. and it's just aisles of, of things you know you can go into the test tube aisle and just like all sort of test tubes at like cheap price you know you can just buy anything you want there's like cool. robotics yeah if you have an american science surplus in your city go to it it's super cool okay. i got like a whole lap set up with like a thousand times microscope stereoscope and anything and everything for like a grand total of like 300 bucks 300 400 bucks which well, is which is like a playstation well, but then you have like a home lab a serious legitimate <laughs> functional home laboratory at the price <laughs> of like a console come on yeah um so i i started actually collecting my own tardy grades and and observing them under the microscope and there's a whole process of bringing them back to life which is really difficult. So and you know how to bring them back to life. I know how to bring them back to life, and <gasps> I know how to detect them because both of those things are challenging in studying a tardigrade. And most challenging of all is that there is no like concrete sort of um, source of literature. Like you can go online, you can come yeah, across different. Yeah, it's fairly newish. Yeah, you can you can find articles and papers, even old ones, but. You can't find a book. You can't find any sort yeah. of book on the biology of tardigrades. And then I, after searching for a long time, I actually found a book, but realized that it was discontinued. And also realized on top of that, that it's not even available in the U.S. And if you wanted to buy it in the U.S., and it would be like 700 some dollars, like $900, some crazy amount of money. But I tracked it, and I realized the publication... I can actually show it to the camera. Hold on. It's called uh, the, the the biology of tardigrades by Ian McKinkin. Chin. Chin. <laughs> it's by Portland Press, and it is in fact discontinued, but it's a UK publication. And I was able to contact them, 
and uh -huh. they I told them that I'm studying tardigrades and they actually made an exception and they're like listen we have a few of these left in some random warehouse it's like 160 pages long and yeah. it's just filled with glorious tardigrade information <laughs> like like you can it talks about for example different patterns on like scaling on their backs and like different diagrams of that even like very cool close-up electron microscopic sort of photos and it talks about just different types and different morphologies and internal structures and external structures and um, it, it's it's amazing it's amazing let me just show a little picture of their mouth for example so the <laughs> okay so we should mouth. tell people like what yeah. it is it's a microscopic so creature. these guys are yeah these guys are microscopic organisms that need uh, water and humidity to survive like as, that's about it as little as they are yeah and um, yeah they feed so let me let me tell you this way they co-evolved with mosses and they okay. live inside of mosses. So if there's, and they they are anywhere and everywhere on the planet, from you know the North Pole to South Pole, any any climate, any place on Earth, you can find these guys. And they've been around for millions of years before most advanced organisms. And, and they can survive extreme heat. And they can survive extreme cold heat, extreme and cold. Radiation. They can be boiled. They live. They can be frozen. They'll live. They can withstand radiation. They radiation even send some of these guys to outer space yep. in the vacuum of space. They expose them. And they're to, alive. Yeah, they expose. Well, it's even cooler than that. They expose them to full vacuum and full cosmic radiations of all sorts and solar radiations. And then they brought him back to Earth just to see them make babies which were the babies were also totally fine so they're they're superheroes okay. of okay organisms. so they sent pregnant tardigrades to space they weren't pregnant <laughs> they were sent and as soon as they came back they're like well we're gonna make babies now because <laughs> we're fine <laughs> life's normal okay okay yeah. okay so they didn't purposely pick out the pregnant lady no that would be mean <laughs> That does sound mean. Yeah, and they, they belong <laughs> to the class of organisms called extremophiles, which means that uh, organisms kind that awesome. thrive in extreme conditions. Mm -hmm. um, and um, what was I going to say about them? I was going to say... <coughs> oh, about... Uh, oh, where they found. So anywhere you yeah. see moss, for example, even on a tree, there will be hundreds of thousands of tardigrades in a very small patch of even moss on tree on the ground anywhere you find moss there will wow. be tardigrades in it and you are going to need a microscope to see them uh, they are not visible uh, by the naked eye when a moss patch goes dry the, these guys also go into that deep sleep state with the moss and you can have them on the shelf there are you know records showing Tardigrades coming back to life after over 100 years. Like people have grabbed samples of moss that were older than 100 years, and they, when they revived them, the tardigrades in them also came back to life. So, the life expectancy of these little guys is not even known yet. That's really so fascinating. Really I don't cool. know why people don't know more about them. I mean, I mean, I guess people are just starting to figure out about them. But yeah, they've they recently like exploded in popularity. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really fascinating you know, what they're capable of. One of my uh, friends slash collaborators on YouTube, uh, there's mm-hmm. this guy named, I mean, his channel is still there. Uh, Indie Gamer News, Nick. Okay. I used to watch mm-hmm. him because of his style and like how real he was and I really enjoyed watching him. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, when I started my channel, he realized that and he was like, oh, hey, you're kind of cool. Hey, I'm kind of cool. Let's work together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so to this day, we're still friends. And uh, he actually sent me as a birthday present one year. He sent me Aww. this giant tardigrade plushie. <gasps> I can't see it, but I'm going to react as if I can. <gasps> I can't see it right now, but I'll see you it's later. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge? It's huge. It's bigger than my head. <laughs> so these guys actually have eight legs, and they're called yeah. water bears or moss yes. piglets. And um, I love <laughs> moss them. Moss piglets. They're adorable. That is fascinating. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. We're here for the last question. What? <laughs> then we have podcast stuff later, but okay. this is the last question. Okay. Um, and it's a two-parter. Okay. So sometimes you hum the music from a game while you're playing it. Like, for instance, you were playing Slay the Spire <laughs> and you were humming and it was really entertaining. So what's your favorite music from a game? Can you hum it for us? That's part one. Ready, go. Yes. My, (laughs) what is, wait, yes is not a valid answer to that question. (laughs) The second part, yes. Uh, My favorite music, I gotta say, is from Castlevania series. So Castlevania dates back, it goes back to the 80s and the early 90s. Super old series. And uh, I, I don't like the 3D ones, let that be known. I'm a classic <laughs> Castlevania player, like, you know. Noted. Yeah. But uh, anybody who knows Castlevania knows how epic the, the songs in that game are. Um, my favorite is probably the, actually the most famous one that goes, what is that? Oh my god. Now that I want to. Why do I have the Game of Thrones theme song playing in my head right now that I'm trying to think of this? It's, uh, oh, it's... <laughs> no, this is terrible. You know what? I take my answer back. No, I will not hum it. <laughs> well, okay, so part two of the question is, so you mentioned before that you play the piano or you play the electric guitar, so I didn't yes. know if you could translate that tune onto one of those instruments. You could do the Game of Thrones theme song if you want to. That's all you can conjure. Hmm. Well, the piano would be impossible because I'm yeah. not near it. Um, right. The electric guitar, <laughs> I would need the sheet music. So I'm going to have to say no. But you don't, but just by ear. Could you like pluck, bing, 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 bing? Hmm. <laughs> bing, hmm. bing, bing, bing. Here. On my acoustic or my electric? Hold on. So I have a cherry double axe. You can fake react to it if you want. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) This is my baby. I don't even have a pick here, but let's see. (laughs) Wow! I'm trying to find it right now. (laughs) 
See, I can't. <laughs> I can play you a BB King song, but I can't play you. <laughs> a BB King song? You play but the I blues? can't play you. Yeah, I can play the blues, but I can't play you uh, any game song right now, unfortunately. That's uh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. I can play you like a Santana or a BB <laughs> King or. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I can. I can do like a really uh, juicy riff or like a solo. <laughs> yeah, do a juicy riff then. Right now. Yeah. Do you have to put me <laughs> in a spot like this? <laughs> you said you could do it. Um, let's not though, oh. please. <laughs> okay. I have to I'm not practiced in a while. Okay. You know, we'll do it in another segment. I'll I'll upload a video later. Okay. And uh, it'll be me doing a solo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So then we're done. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't agree. <laughs> so, this is the end. So, I'm not going to do two-part interviews at this time. I'm just going to do one big one-part interview. And then I'm starting a podcast. So, I'll kind of do an interview after the interview, if you will, on okay. my podcast. Where you're, we won't be playing any video games. And we won't have a face cam. It's just our voices. And we're just going to chat after this official interview. Thank you so much for doing this interview with me, especially since much. I've been out of the game for such a long time. Thank for you. For you to say yes is kind of a big deal, so I appreciate that. It was really fun. It was really exciting. I talked so okay, much. Good. I, <laughs> yes, I, you did. I, I ruined your rapid fire <laughs> segment <Okay>. completely. <laughs> it's all right. Um, is there anything that you want to say before we move over to the podcast? Um. I just want to say that life is short and it's pretty okay. precious. I Ooh. went through a long period of having a lot of anxiety and depression. And I know that a lot of people go through the same thing with a lot of just, you know, mental health problems. I think the m most important thing to remember is that not letting those things dominate your, your life and your mood and, and always keeping a positive outlook. Um, and just uh, enjoying life even if uh, part of it is very painful just remember that a lot of other parts of it are worth being happy for and if you feel lost or confused just uh, just try your best to find to find yourself again it took me a while to find myself again because I realized that n not the same things from when I was a teenager or younger made me happy anymore and they shouldn't because you're you're older you're different you've changed and it's okay if your hobbies have changed it's okay if your, your interests have changed but don't let negativity dominate your life and don't be lost it's always super healthy to have a hobby and be happy i guess that's that's i want that to be my final message to everyone okay oh, I, I, died. Think, <laughs> I think that is very good i think that's very applicable to a lot of people as yeah. well so go check out Ink Guy's channel. Yes, please. He's very thorough and articulate. Um, and I'm very silly. Rogue and he's silly too. But I do like uh, <laughs> weird accents, like uh, Boris, <laughs> yes, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so dead here. Um, so I will link his channel and his other social medias in the description. 
And um, if you're interested in the podcast, we will also be working on that right after this, and you can watch that shortly. So thank you for watching, and go get weird. Go get weird. Bye. (laughs)